We are um, in our series, God-Given Authority, and um, it's a very exciting series, and uh, how many of you ever have read uh, Believer's Authority by Kenneth Hagin? Okay, so a lot of people have. Amazing um, book. If you don't have a copy of it, uh, does anybody not have a copy of it? We have a free copy down here if you want one, if you don't have one. And uh, just slip up your hand and Jeremy will get you one. Um, but uh, that's kind of the textbook or supplemental material that we are using for this series um, that we're in the middle of. And um, I, I really like um, the graphic. <laughs> no, the reason I like it is because established in AD 33. Okay? Because that is when we got God-given authority. Jesus actually gave it to us. The only reason Jesus could give it to us is because Jesus actually had it. And the way that Jesus had it was, man, I mean, it was conferred upon him, but not only was it conferred upon him, but he actually triumphed over all the power of the enemy. Not just most of the power, not just some of the power, not just part of the power, but all the power of the enemy. Sometimes you get in the middle. Have you ever been like, um, you know, in, when I was a little kid in um, junior high, so it's like, a, or they call it middle school. When I was there, when I was really young, they called it junior high. I'll date myself. So this is a middle school or junior high, whatever, that, that we meet in. Well... Boys especially, they, they tend to like to uh, pass gas and do those type of things. So they came up with these little glass stink bombs, <laughs> right? And so they these little glass things, you could bust them. And so they would bust them, and you would like walk into the cloud, and you're like, oh, that is horrible. And so in that atmosphere, all you want to do is like get out because like you're surrounded by that atmosphere. And every place you, you can look in any direction, but you still smell the same smell. <laughs> and... Um, I'm not sure if I should tell this, but I'm going to. <laughs> so we were, um, you know, oh, you're not. we were uh, <laughs> just married. Melody and I were just married, and um, we were traveling with uh, Brother Hagen, and um, it was our first trip since we were married, and we went up to Edmonton, Canada. So that was a very long trip, so we were like 40 hours on a bus together with a bunch of other friends, and um, actually, uh, the girl that wrote the song and sang that second song that we sang, uh, Regina Sluter was her name then, it's Jolliffe now, um, she, she was part of the team, and uh, so you get to be like brothers and sisters, love them, wonderful. But um, brothers and sisters do funny things sometimes. <laughs> and so we were setting up the book table, and there were the book tables, and um, I'm not looking at my wife because she's not have, probably thrilled that I'm telling this. But they're sitting up the book tables, and one of the guys, I don't know, we had such a long trip when you eat different food on, on a long traveling trip, and um, he passed some gas. And Melody didn't know, and so they're like, all of a sudden, you know, this happened. And so he goes away, and this other guy, and they're laughing about it because they both got away from it. Well, they're watching, and Melody's over there at the book table. She bends down right into it. To, to pick up, to put some more books on the table. But they, of course, don't tell her. And they're just over there, and, and Melody gets up, and it's funny to hear them tell the story. And all of a sudden, she goes... <laughs> and they just, they just lost it. They couldn't, they couldn't uh, contain themselves. 
But you get into you get into an atmosphere, and then like that's just what's around you, and, and that's where it is. And um, this part will be free. And that is, you ever heard like Limburger cheese? Somebody get Limburger cheese right here, and all of a sudden they they got some Limburger cheese, or eat it, and it's there, and they're like, man, kitchen stinks. And they, so they go out in the living room, man, the living room stinks. And so they're like, man. What in the world? So they go out the front door, open the door, and they go, the whole world stinks. <laughs> and sometimes we get like that because we have a bad attitude. Because we chose a bad attitude. Smith Wigglesworth said, I can feel any way I want to feel anytime I want to feel that way. So like, if you feel discouraged, it's because you want to feel that way. Now, you may be discouraged right now, and you're like, that is not good news. Why are you telling me that? And and that is not true, besides the fact. (laughs) Let me tell you, that's not true. I I have been there because I've been discouraged. And you think, like, no, I'm not choosing to be discouraged. What do you mean? You know, hear, hear my attitude? Well, it's a choice because how you feel is really based on what you believe. Right? So you may have a feeling come and a feeling go, but if you have a solid belief in the Word of God, your feelings are subject to change. And I can tell you that because I have four children, and they like to play games on iPads. And they could be like, oh, it's just this, it's that, and I'm like, you know, you need to change your attitude. And they say, "Um, oh, it's just a bad day, it's just a bad day. I said, what if I said you could play your iPad right now? Really? And I said, you can change your attitude. You really can. You just don't want to. Like, you, you know, it feels good on your flesh, I guess, is what would be the best way to describe it. Sometimes to have a bad day. It just, I just feel, uh, you know, uh, because your flesh. Well, you might be saying, like, what in the world does this just have to do with authority of the believer? Well, you realize you have a will. You have a decision. You can either, like, go bend over into that stinky stuff like my wife. Or you can like choose to get up and walk over to another place where it smells a lot better. What does that mean? Well, you get your attitude sometimes, my attitude sometimes is stinky stuff. And it's not something that I want to be bent over into. And that you want to be, certainly you don't want to be bent over into it. When you're around somebody with a bad attitude, I mean, nobody likes to be around somebody like that. And... Um, except for you sometimes when you're the one with the bad attitude. You're kind of like, oh. Well, so I'm going to say, like, we're going to talk about some stuff if we have some time where you take authority over what's going on in your life, other people's lives. But I think the first place to take authority is over yourself and over your flesh and over your thinking. Somebody said you're stinking thinking. Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I love that transformed. It's metamorphosis. Like a a caterpillar to a butterfly is completely changed. Actually, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, any man that be in Christ is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. One says, a new species of being. It would be like you saw on the news tomorrow that they just discovered this new species of being that no one else had ever seen, ever discovered, and it's not animal, and it's not man, and it's like this new species of being. And you're recreated in Christ Jesus so that old things are passed away. Behold, everything is brand new. Well, uh, if you're born again, 
when you got born again, I venture to say that your hair did not change color, that your eyes did not change color, um, that physically you pretty much remained the same, except for if you needed healing, you could have been instantly healed. Or you could have just prayed right afterwards and been healed. I know there was a lady that um, was uh, steeped uh, in a very strong religion in the Philippines. Melody and I were there, and we were ministering at a little home group. And this, it was the pastor's wife's parents' house. And so we were there, and her mother was not a Christian. And she wanted her mother to be a Christian so bad. And um, so we were teaching on faith. And uh, as we're teaching on faith, you know, uh, she had mentioned to me that her mother wasn't a Christian. And so uh, we just felt led, like, if anybody needs healing in their body, just come forward. Well, the church that they kind of were a part of was a charismatic church. And sometimes people get into, like, uh, routines. And so, like, come forward, we'll lay hands on you. And um, that's normal, and that's wonderful, and that's a very uh, decently and in order way uh, to minister to people for healing. But I felt led in my heart, have them sit in the front seats. So there were about six of them, I think. So I said, just sit in the front seats. So they sat down. Well, I wanted to get them out of their routine because, you know, they're expecting you to come up and do this and that or whatever. And sometimes people just get in this rut, and so, like, this has always happened, so nothing's going to happen. Well, and it doesn't always happen this way, but everybody we prayed for was healed, like instantly. Well, the mother was the last one. She was, like, right here. And so... Um, you know, I said, what's going on? She's like, I have this terrible uh, pain in my back and it hurts all the time. And, da, da, da. and I said, well, um, and the mother of this lady said, um, I mean, excuse me, the daughter of this lady said, uh, she's not a Christian. I said, I don't know, hold on. Because I felt in my heart, she needed to see the power of God. So I prayed for her. We commanded her back to come in line in the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden, she's sitting there, and she jumps up. She's like, whoa! And she starts dancing. She's like, whoa! And the, her daughter said, she's not a Christian. And I said, I know, I know, hold on. <laughs> she's really concerned, you know? And I'm like, I know, I know, I know. But this woman was so bound by her, her religious thinking and the way she'd always been taught and how it was. And, you know, really... Um, uh, they were afraid, like the people of this religion were afraid of the term born again, even though it's in the Bible. Literally, actually, in the Bible, it says born from above. If you look at the margin in the original Greek. So they were afraid of that phrase. And so I wanted her to have a legitimate, powerful experience with God that she couldn't deny. And so she had that. And then I said, hold on, hold on. And she's probably like 70 or something like that. She's short, a little short lady. She looks at me like, why are you stopping me? And I said, wait, wait, wait. I said, this is very important. I said, the same Jesus that just healed you wants to be your savior. Would you like to receive him? And she said, yes. <laughs> and so we prayed right there. She received Jesus Christ. And then we all danced again. <laughs> and so, you know, now she's Christian and dancing. Well, sometimes, you know, you have to... Um, well, you always really need to be led by the Spirit of God, but sometimes the Lord has to get us out of our normal way of thinking so that we can actually hear what's said. I know I was listening to a, a message a few weeks ago. I listened to the message, and um, they had uh, Brother Hagin come to this church because there weren't a lot of people filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Lord always used him really in so many ways to get people filled with the Spirit. A lot of other things, faith, teacher, love, you know, if you know about him, you know there's a lot of different ways. But he was definitely used in that and the laying on of hands. He had a ministry of laying on hands. So he went to this church, and almost everybody that wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit got filled with the Holy Spirit, except for this one guy. And they had Sunday morning, Sunday night church. And so it was Sunday night church, and this guy would never bring his Bible to church. Uh, Sunday night. He always brings it Sunday morning. He wouldn't bring it Sunday night. And so this is before they had scriptures right up here, you know. 
So he didn't bring it. And so he would hear the teaching on the word concerning being filled with the Holy Spirit, and he would hear it, and he would hear it, and he would hear it. But he would even go down and have hands laid on him, but he didn't receive. He just wouldn't receive. He wouldn't receive. So finally, Brother Hank kept saying, bring your Bible. Bring your Bible. Well, he finally brought his Bible like the last night of the meeting. And they read the same scripture, and he read the scripture. And as uh, Dad Hank was getting ready to close out the service, he, he said, well, I'm going to read one more scripture. And the guy jumped up from his chair and said, I can't wait. I can't wait. And he ran down and received the baptism of the Holy Spirit right there. And while talking to him afterwards, he found out when he saw it in his own Bible and he read it, he said, I always thought that verse said exactly opposite of what it says. But when I saw it in my own Bible, I'm like, whoa, that does say that. You see, the word of God will actually set you free. But you have to know it. You know, John chapter 8, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free or make you free. Well, so it's not what you think the word says. It's not what your filters are telling you that the word says. It's not what your uh, church is even telling you what the word says. It's not what your pastor is even telling you what the word says. It's what the word says, (laughs) right? Hopefully your pastor and your church are preaching the word. But Jesus said, I I love that he said that because it's so instructive Uh, be careful what you hear in one place and be careful how you hear in another place. So what does it mean, be careful how you hear? Well, I like to say, you can listen to me but not hear me. So you can listen to the word but not hear it. What does that mean? Well, yeah, what did you say? Well, uh, we gave our kids some instruction yesterday. My wife did. She said, I talked to them for 10 minutes. And I said, very clearly, you know, you are not to go inside the neighbor's house. <laughs> they're going to go to the neighbor's yard and play in the yard. But you're not to go into the neighbor's house. And so they're on their way over there, and I was out in the yard, and I said, um, I said, uh, did you tell the kids not to go in the house? Oh, yeah, I told them. I told them for 10 minutes. So they get home. Guess what they did? <laughs> Every single one went into the neighbor's house. <laughs> oh, <boy>. And, <laughs> you know... Kids are like, you feel like you're cheating when you have kids because, man, they work your tail off, first of all. Okay, it's a lot of work. It's a blessing. The Bible is true. Children are a blessing from the Lord. But you get so much insight into uh, many things. But you get so much insight into like human flesh and human nature. But you also get great insight into a childlike faith. You know, so there's like good and bad. And um, sometimes you look and you're like, that's not like me, is it? That's my wife. It must be my wife. But you really know it's you. <laughs> that's a little you. <laughs> I don't know why they're doing that. <laughs> but you know, they listened, but they didn't hear. And uh, sometimes I think one of them didn't even listen because they're so excited, focused on this other thing that they didn't even hear. Well, Many times I'll be ministering to someone and um, I have a word from God for them. And so uh, you know, they'll tell me a situation or something like that and I'll uh, give them a scripture and say, well, you know, the Bible says such and such. And then all of a sudden you, they say, okay, but here's my situation. I say, okay, but here's what the Bible says. Oh yeah, 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 but, but here's my situation. And uh, we get in our, in our own atmosphere and all of a sudden, we just hear our own way, and we don't like get outside of ourselves. And so we actually don't listen when a lot of times 
God has provided the exact answer to the exact question that we are asking and sometimes begging him for. And it's right there in front of us, and yet we don't receive it. We don't take it. Have you ever heard the, the story about, you know, the guy was caught in a flood? And, you know, he's like, Lord, save me. Please save me. And all of a sudden, somebody comes by in a little kayak and, you know, here, let me take you. No, 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 no. The Lord's going to save me. And then somebody else comes by in like an inflatable boat. No, no, no. The Lord's going to save me. And somebody comes by with a helicopter. No, no, no. The Lord's going to save me. And then, like, why didn't the Lord save me? But he sent all these people, all these different ways. But you didn't actually, didn't come the way you thought. I know um, what happens is we miss the supernatural from God because we're looking for something spectacular. Like that person, maybe they're looking for God to translate them from the top of their house to dry land. And the Lord sent three different modes of transportation that didn't happen to be spectacular or didn't happen to be like, oh, amazing. Although I think helicopter is pretty amazing. <laughs> you know, but it didn't have to be how you thought. You know, and, um, and we miss it because we're looking for this like, oh, well, it's much like that listening to the voice of God. Sometimes what we want to do is we want to have God say, Keith, I want you to get in your car and I want you to give someone a lift <laughs> and I want you to give them a lift to Capitol Hill. And from Capitol Hill, I want you to get some, well, sometimes maybe the Lord in a spectacular situation would do something like that. But the word of God says that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly, and that the sons of God can be expect to be led by the spirit of God. Romans chapter eight, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God. So the primary way that God leads us is with an inward witness. Yeah. Like I've said so many times, if you saw an accident happen over there, out front or something like that, which be careful out front because there's accidents sometimes when people pull right there. We plead the blood of Jesus over everybody's driving. No accident overtakes us and evil befalls us. So, but you could see that accident. I could see that accident. We could say it was like with a red car and a yellow truck. And I would say, did you see that accident out there? Oh, the one with the red car and the yellow truck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like the voice of the Lord and the leading of the Lord. The, yeah, 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 I saw that. Yeah, I, 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 same thing. Yep, yep, I got the same thing. And so sometimes we want to have like, what do you call it? Like a typewriter going off in front of you that you could see like the words printed out. Or you want to have like a, a, a MP3 audio like going into your ears so you can hear like the MP3. You hear the, you know, your eardrum actually moves with the vibration. That's how you hear. And so, but the Lord like bears witness on the inside. Like, yes, this is it. Go this way. Yes, do that. Or no, don't do that. And so um, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. And so if you're a son of God, a daughter of God, he will lead you and he will guide you and he is speaking to you. Like I, so many times, like the amount of authority that we have is just, 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 it'll blow your mind if you ever get a glimpse of it, honestly. Because you have authority right now, at this moment. You could say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come into your presence. And immediately, you are right in the presence of God. Do you understand? Yeah, your physical body is right here. But in the spirit, you're connected with God. And if, if I want to, <laughs> I'm going to be nice. If I was saying it to myself, I would say, if you would shut up long enough, then you could hear the Lord speak. 
So I don't mean that rude towards anybody, but myself. Okay. So what happens is we're like, well, Lord, you know, my kids need this and my wife needs this. And, you know, you know, my wife really needs this. And the Lord the whole time is trying to say like, Tim, like you need a little adjustment. And I'm like, no, but you know, my wife, she needs this help. And you know, at, at work, my coworkers, they got this and they got that. And what about this? But if I would stop long enough, the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall (laughs) run and not be weary. They shall walk and shall not faint. And so, but what happens is you get into the place of prayer and maybe you're busy and you got all this going on and you just rattle off a bunch of stuff, maybe a bunch of requests, or maybe you're saying, Lord, I praise you. It's a wonderful day. This is the day you made. I rejoice and I'm glad in it. Glory to God. I'm going to have a good day. Here I go. And you say, like, the Lord never talks to me, or he, not very often. Well, my question is, if I came to talk to you, and the whole time we had a conversation, it was like this message, where I'm doing all the talking, I would not learn very much about you. You wouldn't be able to communicate much with me. And so when we get into the presence of God through our authority in the name of Jesus, we should actually expect to hear answers. Because why? You base it on the word. Call unto me, and I might answer you. No, the word says, call unto me, and I will answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't even know. And the older you get, I mean, the older I get, the more I see, like, how little I know. Even Paul, like, he had revelation. Because of the abundance of revelation, you know, this thorn in the flesh was sent to him. So that he wouldn't be exalted above measure. Right? Okay, I got to throw this in real quick. Did you ever look at that and realize what that's saying? First of all, the thorn in the flesh was not sickness and disease, and I don't have time to teach on that. But think about this. What did he say? My grace is sufficient for you, Paul. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Think about your authority. In other words, if you don't do something about that, I'm not going to do it because I gave you authority. I can't do anything about it. My grace is perfect. You just tap into my grace, what I did for you, and then you stand against that oppression of the devil. You have authority. I'm not doing anything about it. I'm going to do one thing about it. You know, I think one of the greatest illustrations I've ever heard of this is, uh, you know, when you have met someone and been around someone, you have like firsthand experience, you can say like, no, no, I, I talked to them, I, I saw them, or I saw that accident. So you can say like, oh, yeah, no, I was there. Like somebody might tell you about it, but I was there. Well, I wasn't there for this, but he, he uh, Brother Hagen, I remember him telling this so many times. Um, he was one time praying and uh, at this minister's house, they'd actually sit up late and they would like argue the scriptures together in a loving way. So he would say like healing, like we believe in healing. We believe that by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. So one person would take the opposite side and say, no, healing's not for today. And they would try and argue the scriptures that healing's not for today. The other one would take the scriptures that healing is for today and argue the scriptures. And you actually develop so much that way because you start to look at every other side. And what actually happens is you become a very balanced individual based on the word of God. Because you start to see, oh, this is this, this, this. And you start to see what's in context, what's out of context. Um, and so he was, they were doing that, and it got to be late, and he knelt down to pray, to make a long story short, and he said, when I knelt down, I knelt down in a cloud. 
And like, you know, in the Old Testament, when the presence of God would come in, the glory of God would fill the temple and this cloud. And sometimes even today, the glory cloud will come in and people will see like, uh, uh, it's really like a bright cloud. And um, oh man, there's so many things. Okay. And so um, he knelt down in this cloud and all of a sudden Jesus appeared to him. He had a vision of Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm going to teach you concerning devils, demons, and demons' possession. Because what's known in my word is discerning a spiritual operate in your life and ministry when you're in the spirit from this day forward. Well, okay, a lot of other things happened there. It was like an hour and a half. But what happened in the middle of this, while he's teaching him from the word of God, what this says, I think it's in this book, you'll see some of that in the book. And um, all of a sudden, this little like imp demon just jumps up in between him and Jesus and starts putting out this black cloud. So all of a sudden, like, if you're trying to see me, there's this black cloud, and you're trying to hear me. And so, and he starts going, yuck, 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 so that you couldn't hear me speaking, and this black cloud comes up. And Brother Higgins there, having this supernatural experience, seeing a vision of Jesus, and he's like, Lord, thinking to himself, isn't Jesus going to do something about that? And he's like, I need to hear what he's saying. Doesn't he know I can't hear what he's saying? And he just gets more and more frustrated and more and more upset. So finally he just was like exasperated. He said, shut up in the name of Jesus. And that little demon fell to the ground and started whimpering. He said, and get out in the name of Jesus. And Jesus said to him in a vision, he said, if you hadn't done that, I couldn't have. And so, Brother Hagin man of the word. That's one of the things I love about him the most is he always directs you to the word. And he said, excuse me, Jesus, can you repeat that? I must not have heard you right. He said, if you hadn't done that, I couldn't. And he said, <clears throat> he said, I'm sorry. Can you say it one more time? And he said, if you hadn't done that, I couldn't. And he said, I'm sorry. I know I must have heard you wrong because that is different than anything I have ever heard in my life. And he said, I've read the New Testament through 150 times and portions of it more than that. If there's anything in like, that, like that in there, I don't know it. And Jesus said, um, there's a lot in there that you don't know. <laughs> and he said, well, I don't care if you're appearing to me. I don't care what it is. He said, you're going to have to give me three scriptures and from the New Testament because the Bible says, uh, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And I'm living under the new covenant, so I want at least three scriptures. And the Lord said, he, he, I like how he says it. He's like, do you think the Lord got upset at me? No. He said, the Lord said, I'll do you one better. I'll give you four. <laughs> and so he gave him four scriptures from the New Testament that actually show that God's not going to do anything about the devil because we have been delegated that authority. So if we don't do anything about it, nothing's going to happen. And so we'll sit there, and I've heard this teaching for almost 20 years Okay? And still sometimes I'll be in the middle of something and I'm thinking, why is this happening? Doesn't the Lord know, like, I'm, I'm trying to start a church here? Like, doesn't the Lord know, like, this is affecting, like, my uh, productivity at the church and things I need to do through the church? And, like, doesn't the Lord know that? And all of a sudden I'll be like, whoa, he does know that. <laughs> but he delegated authority to me. And so uh, I'll close with this example. It's like Melody and I went for a, a a minister's conference. When we first moved here in September, we went uh, to a meeting minister's conference and her parents came out and watched the kids. And they come out for that meeting every year and watch the kids. Well, um, my son Isaac, in the middle of that trip, we're down there in these meetings, like 17 or 18 hour drive away, but we flew. So it was probably like a six or seven hour flight by the time you change airports. 
And so we're down there, and all of a sudden, she's like, I think he has like appendicitis, and like he's, he's, he's in severe pain, and we don't know what to do, and what should we do, and do this and that, and everything like that. Well, you know, you don't like test your faith on your own kids. You know what I mean? You believe, you pray, but uh, you take your kids to the doctor. You let the doctor confirm your faith. You know what I mean? If it's yourself, you have your own choice right there. But your children, you're an authority over them. You pray, you believe, and then you get a doctor's confirmation. (laughs) Because God is not against doctors. Where do you think the doctors got the wisdom from? And uh, another total side thing, the Lord knows where you're at in trusting him. If you're going to trust him in this area or not that area. And so, um, you know, Brother Hagin didn't like use medicine or go to doctors because he didn't need to, right? He said, if I needed it, I would do it. And I bought medicine for a lot of people. So anyhow, we're away in Louisiana. Well, she says, what are we supposed to do? We said, well, pray. We'll pray, of course. But uh, then if it doesn't like change right away, then he needs to go in. And she's like, he's in excruciating pain. And so they took him in. We prayed. Everything was fine. Praise the Lord. Cost $4,000. But it was fine. But it was worth the money to make sure that your your children are doing just fine. But the point I want to make is we're away on a trip. We delegated authority to her mother. I can't take my son to the hospital. Yet I wanted him in the hospital. I wanted him to go to the emergency room. And so she took, I delegated that authority, she took him. If she didn't take him and his appendix was going to burst, you know, we believe it was and we prayed and it changed. If we didn't pray and she didn't take him, his appendix would burst and he'd be sitting right there at the house and there's nothing I could do about it. Because I went away and I gave her authority. The biggest difference in that example is God put his spirit inside of you. But a spirit cannot touch you. You need flesh and blood and bone body to touch you. That's why he gave us the ministry of laying on of hands. That's why he said, preach the word. Speak the word. Why? Because God's will is for every single person on the earth to come to the full knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, to be healthy, to be healed, to be on fire for God. And the way that happens is through his body. And when you're a Christian, you're a member of his body, and you have the same authority that the head has. Jesus is the head of the church. He delegated his authority to you and to me. But if Jesus wants to touch your coworker, and you're the only Christian in that place, he's probably going to have to use you. And so it's not a thing to be scared about, but it's just a reality that you say, okay, so it's me. God lives inside of me. I don't know what to say. You don't have to know what to say. The Holy Spirit will give you the words to say, the words to speak. Best thing in the world, a lot of times, tell your testimony, and there's an anointing on your testimony, and the Lord will use you. Stand with me if you would. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning or listening online and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can't actually clean yourself up enough. You can't get good enough. Uh, That's not God's way. That's not God's plan. That's not even possible. That's why Jesus had to come so he could live a perfect life so you could actually receive him, accept him, and take part of his life. If that's you this morning, slip up your hand. I'd love to pray with you and for you. What happens is you just pray and you receive Jesus Christ in an instant of time you're made a new creature in Christ Jesus. If you're listening online, email us at info at anchordc.org. We'll we'll pray with you um, and connect with you and get you some materials. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, that your word is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, we thank you for your word sown into our lives. Father, we pray today that as we go, that you would uh, 
Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, in the knowledge of your word, for acknowledging you and for living in light of your word. Father, I pray for each and every one of us that will not just be subject to the atmosphere that we're in, that will not just be a thermometer, but that will be a thermostat, that we will set the atmosphere. Father, that we will be those that you can use, yielded to you, ready for you to speak through, ready for you to walk through and talk through. Father, we thank you for the precious Holy Spirit that you've given us, that he leads us, guides us, shows us, and reveals your truth to us. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.